Good morning, this is Kelly McGee. It's October the 7th, which is unbelievable, 2020. And I have Atlas Shrugged Part 2, and it's called The Strike. So it's been a while since I did number one, so I'm hoping everybody remembers it. They were doing the rail cars and then she found a metal that was better than any other metal to make the rails out of. Invested in that, did really well. Then she took the money into investment into the oil in Colorado and the oil, um, whatever you call it, the oil spout, I don't know what it's called. It uh, blew up and that's where it was left. She's flying a high-powered plane and she's shooting after somebody. super high-powered plane like the Air Force would use. I fly a Cessna, but... A 
prioritize losses across the whole system. Well, we've been doing that, but the fact is... We need the Colorado run. It's always been the core of the railroad. The fair share law dictates that companies must supply goods equally to all customers. Businesses continue to close their doors due to a shortage of raw materials. Government appointee Wesley Mouch insists it's only a temporary setback. Meanwhile, in other news, predictably... Where are they, Eddie? Who? Anyone who could make a difference. I'm sitting next to him. Wyatt was more dedicated to his work than anyone I have ever known. The man figured out how to squeeze oil from stone, and he just walks away? Not before setting fire to his own shell field and storage facilities. It's a message, a lesson. You know why it's still burning. Because anyone bright enough to put it out is gone, too. It's as if some destroyer is sweeping up everybody who could dig us out of this mess. John Galt. I dislike that expression immensely. Efforts dumping retardants on Wyatt's torch in the Colorado Rockies. Ellis Wyatt, still missing, gave what was essentially a slap in the face to the government and the fair share law by posting a sign at the base of the burning flame that read, I am leaving it as I found it. Take over. It's yours. she's thinking propane gas instead she's looking at the people on the side of the road because there's a gasoline shortage and they're selling gasoline on the side of the road it's really hazardous to me I read this book like so much better watching it. Okay. And we won't get it back. 
Andrew Stockton hasn't been heard from in weeks. Mm. The government took over the plant under fair share and hasn't produced a lump of coal. No coal, no contract, no contract, no load, no load, no line. This railroad doesn't function as a charity, Eddie. Kill the 93. You is a hero. He's an innovator. He's a job creator. It's better. It's cheaper metal. It's more creative. This is capitalism 101. And the fair share law, more big government, it's going to result in failure. It's going to result in a lack of competition. No, but you want more people in the marketplace, and especially when you see the price of gas, when you see the price of goods in America today, you understand you want people who are working hard. Second, this is neither a free market nor a fair market. This guy's got a sole competition, no competition He's at all, created right? a metal that's stronger, that's lighter, that's cheaper. Job. 
It's the job you chose. I've just never met a looter with your kind of dedication and endurance. I'm not a looter. No? So you're not here to take something from me you didn't earn yourself? You can't just reject a government order for your materials. Why can't I? It's an essential needs project. Essential to whom? It's, uh, it's very important. It's for the State Science Institute. Well, the State Science Institute declared Reardon metal unfit. They did so very publicly, nearly ruined my company. So tell me, why does the SSI now need 10,000 tons of my dangerous inferior metal? You laid 100 miles of track along the John Galt line that proved them wrong. You still haven't answered my question. Why? To what purpose? Uh, rest assured. Mr. Reardon, it's in the public interest. I'll rest on this. You tell your people that I will not sell any Reardon metal to the State Science Institute at any time, for any price, for any purpose whatsoever. Mr. Reardon, no one has ever refused to sell a strategic material to the government. It's against the fair share law. You have to sell it to them. I'll make it simple for you. Tell them I won't accept payment. Now, they're welcome to come down here with their trucks and their guns and seize as much metal as they want. That would be theft. Damn, son. You're brighter than you look. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to have to decide which side you're on. You know, Mr. Reardon, times have changed. We all have to be flexible. We can't be tied down by rigid principles. Try pouring a ton of steel without rigid principles. says James has to co-sign the order to shut down the 93 before we take action. I can't find him. I don't know where he is, Eddie. He's the president of the railroad. Even if it is in title only. He should have been here today. Shut down the 93. I'll handle my brother. Thank you. Oh, that's right. Okay. Her brother's the owner and she said, you do anything against me, I'll kill you. I wonder what he did.
You defied the expression, who is John Galt? Wow, you just, you just threw it right back at them. You're my hero. And now you're mine. Okay. The hero, that is. I don't even know your name. Cheryl Brooks. A bit corny Cheryl here. Brooks. Have you ever ridden in a limo?
Dr. Sadler tells me you're one of the brightest young engineers he knows. He's a liar, that guy. But you probably already know that. That whole state science institute. It's like a state institute minus the science. Right. What do you think of the prototype? I think it's a working model. Three-fifths scale? I don't know. Working? Yeah. See? There's scuff marks. This thing's been on before. The connectors are scuffed. And there's electrolytic deposition. Yeah. It works. Or it did. Pretty sure. What do you want me to do with it? I want it to function and I want to build more. What do you need? hundred years. In terms of support, money. I won't accept pay for my good intentions. If I need gear or equipment, I'll send you a request. Done. But if I pull it off and make it work, I'm going to want to skin you alive. A painful percentage if that's acceptable. Perfectly. What about your other projects, your obligations to the Utah Institute of Technology? The Institute's closed, ma'am. I'm pretty much up out of the place. What about security? Yes, there is. I'm the night watchman. wedding is this evening, remember? Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass on that. You can't pass, Henry. I'm not going to the biggest event of the season without my husband. Yeah, well, I don't want to go, especially to that. 
to my wife, Mrs. James Taggart. Love does indeed conquer all. Mm. Even social and economic barriers. You know, money cannot buy happiness. True words were never spoken. We're no longer chasing the almighty dollar. Our ideals are higher than profit. Instead of the aristocracy of money, we have the aristocracy of pull. I mean, now it's about influence, but you knew that already. <laughs> what I know is that you need to learn some manners. You ever doubted that money was the root of all evil? There's your proof. Oh, so you think money's the root of all evil? Have you ever asked yourself what's the root of money? Money's a tool that allows us to trade with one another. Your goods for mine. Your efforts for mine. The keystone of civilization. Having money is not the measure of a man. What matters is how he got it. If he produced it by creating value, then his money is a token of honor. Look who's talking about honor. But if he's taken it from those who produce, then there is no honor. You're simply a looter. Senor Danconio, we all know that money is made by the strong at the expense of the weak. Hmm. What kind of strength are you talking about? The power to create value? Or the ability to manipulate? To extort money in backroom deals? To exercise pull? Just leave. Okay. When money ceases to be the tool by which men deal with one another, then men become the tools of men. Blood, whips, chains, or dollars, take your choice. There is no other. And your time is running out. Danconia, I want to speak to you. Mr. Reardon, to whom do you think I was speaking? Tell me. Do you own any Danconia Global Commodity Stock? No. Good. Most everyone else in this room does, and they deserve to. What are you talking about? There was a fire at the Danconia Ore Docks in Paparisa tomorrow morning. In unrelated events, the Danconia mines were buried under rock slides. That's tomorrow, too. Why would you do that? Money's the root of all evil. So I just got tired of being evil.
morning, Henry. Aren't you going to say anything? When was the last time you spent the night in this room? When was the last time you spent a night with me? See your little girl from the office. Is it Quinn? Or is it a Cheryl? Something you picked up out of the gutter? Lillian. Drop it. I am your wife. We can solve that simply enough. You have her all over you. Get out. You're a hypocrite, Henry. You're just another lying, cheating husband who can't keep his pants zipped. You're entitled to that. I'm ready to give you a divorce. Get out. You give me? You can't buy your way out of this. I knew you wanted a divorce six months into our marriage. Then why do you stay? Because you were screwing some whore. I have to give up my home. My name, my position, never. Ever. very good at keeping up appearances. I'll help you do the same. I don't know who you think you are. I am Mrs. Henry Reardon. I'm the person who knows what you are. Common, ordinary man who thinks he doesn't owe anybody anything. And you're wrong. You're a mole, Henry. You crawled up out of a hole in the ground. You owe me. As the market opened, stock of Danconia Global Commodities tumbled 82%. On reports that disasters in Chile and elsewhere Send around the world have crippled the company's ability to mine and deliver resources. Eyewitness accounts describe devastation so extensive, it's unlikely the 200-year-old company will ever recover. Luckily, no casualties were reported. Calls to company president Francisco Danconia were not returned, and global commodities officials have declined comment. I, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. What an inspiring sight. The most valuable metal operation in the country, maybe the world. You didn't think so when your agency tried to shut me down. Well, times change, Mr. Reardon. Situations change. But people like you don't change, Dr. Ferris, and my position hasn't changed. Should have told you. I will not sell my metal to the State Science Institute. In light of recent events, I'd say your position is untenable. What events? Your transfer of 4,000 tons of Reardon metal to Ken Daniger in clear violation of the fair share mandate. We're done here. Not yet. It's very simple now. You deliver our order, accept our generous compensation, and you and Daniger don't spend the next 10 years in prison. You seem pretty happy I violated one of your new laws. <laughs> That's what laws are for, Mr. Reardon. The right people don't break them. 
They're of no use whatsoever. Oh, by the way, young Mr. Small will be staying on in a supervisory capacity to ensure that working conditions meet the standards required of a government contractor. Oh, he has a job to do. He has to do what you tell him. I don't. Find my own way out. Thank you. And Leonard stays. Well, that went about as well as could be expected, don't you think? Justice Department has just handed down indictments against Henry Reardon, billionaire manufacturer of Reardon Metal, and Kenneth Daniger, the nation's largest remaining producer of coal. Both men face up to 10 years in prison for flagrant violation of the fair share law. Eddie, I'm wheels down to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? I need to know where Ken Daniger stands. I want him to know he's not alone.
You keep up the good fight just as long as you feel you need to. I've only got one thing left worth fighting for. What's that? This. Oh, 
this hot metal, one of the hoppers. Still, hot metal about running all over the place on the floor. People are sliding on the hot metal. Her brother's life. Who's he pushed him out of the way. One of the heavy beams was coming down, and then um, it was going to be right on top of him. And he saw it, and he pushed him out of the way. Saved his life. Were you just suggesting that I blow this place up myself? I was raised in founders like this. I was caught up in the moment. You come and work with me for a while. Right here in the mills. No more damn questions, then. I already got my answer, Mr. Reardon. There's another one. So her brother is also bawling out of everything. Everything for her is riding on this new 
it a generator or a motor? Or Henry Reardon, you were charged cars. along with Kenneth Danninger in absentia with one count of violation of Article 64 of the Fair Share Law. Specifically, the illegal sale and transfer of 4,000 tons of strategic material known as Reardon Metal to Kenneth Daniger and Daniger Cole. How do you plead, sir? I do not recognize this court's right to try me, nor do I recognize any of my actions as a crime. Mr. Reardon, you will have to enter a plea before this court. Simply refusing to obey the law is not a defense. If you believe you may seize my property simply because you need it, well, then so does any burglar. The only difference is a burglar doesn't ask my permission. Sir, I will remind you the punishment this court might impose on you is severe. Go ahead. Impose it. If you sentence me to jail, send armed men to get me. I will not volunteer to go. If you find me, you'll have to seize my assets. I will not volunteer to pay. If you feel you have the right to use force against me, then show it for what it is. Bring guns. Sir, we have no intention of pointing guns and seizing your property. Then why are we here? Mr. Reardon, you are misrepresenting the letter and the intent of the fair share law. It is based on the highest principle, the principle of the public good. As defined by those who would dictate and regulate our behavior in our homes and our businesses, stealing their power from our liberty. Mr. Reardon, you wouldn't want it misunderstood that you work for nothing but your own profit. Indeed, I want it understood clearly. I do not recognize the good of others as a justification for my existence. If their fair share demands that I get nothing for my labors, that it requires me to be a victim, then I say, public good be damned, I'll have no part of it. And how does that benefit your fellow man? I do not owe you an answer, but I could tell you in a hundred ways. Thousands of jobs, billions in revenue, fueling our economy despite your efforts to destroy the very foundation of our existence. And I believe most of my fellow men would say the same if they had a voice. Now, 
Mr. Reardon, taking into consideration your distinguished achievements, your Mr. contributions Reardon, to society, and your full cooperation in this matter, your sentence is suspended. This court is now adjourned. Okay, so his, uh, his speech mattered. That's good. Good to know. Never give up. Never give up. You believe in something. Do you realize what you've done? Dodge the bullet. You've given the people a voice. You said what was already on everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. You won. What? Hank. You won. Dang it. You can't win a battle that never ends. Look at this world. How can such small people do so much damage? We're so close to having something they won't be able to fight. If your motor is everything you think it'll be, they will try like hell to stop you. They might. They can't stop the world. Dagny, what if you never find the man who created the motor? What if you can't make it all work? I make things work. Hank, you make things work. Yes. That's what people like us do. And they know that. And they hate it because it threatens them. But it won't scare them away.